Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 310 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you. Teach us more about you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what is happening in Mark chapter 15. Jesus is handed over to Pilate by the Jewish leaders. They probably wanted Pilate to preside over this case because he was known to be cruel. He would undoubtedly give them what they wanted to have Jesus crucified. As cruel as Pilate was, he saw the desire to have Jesus killed was rooted in jealousy and no accurate charges deserving death were brought against him. The leaders used the words king of the Jews because it was the only charge that would stick as it could potentially usurp the authority of the actual king. However, Pilate resisted the charges, partially because Jesus refused to defend himself. Jesus only answered one question and then remained silent. When the crowd looked like they were going to riot, Pilate finally conceded. A riot was the one thing his superiors detested, so giving the people what they wanted would avert it. We read about all the horrible things done to Jesus. He was beaten and flogged so severely that he didn't have the strength to carry his cross, so another man was ordered to take it for him. He refused the wine and vinegar drink that would have numbed some of the pain from the crucifixion. He would feel and experience every part of his sacrifice for us so that we could be set free. Jesus was continually berated while he was dying, and we read that he calls out to God, asking why God had abandoned him. Jesus had always felt the presence of his father, but his presence was now gone. Instead, he felt the wrath of all the sins he was tasked to bear. Most people who die from crucifixion are so weak they cannot speak at the end, but not Jesus. He was coherent and able to speak even in his weakened state. We praise him for his great sacrifice for us today. We start the second letter from Peter today. The theme is knowledge because the words knowledge and know are used more than 16 times. Verse 2 has a fantastic definition of peace in the Amplified Bible. It reads, May grace, God's favor, and peace, which is the perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts, be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. May peace be ours, and may it be multiplied as we grow in our knowledge and understanding of God and His Son. I suggest spending some time reading and rereading verses 5-7. through seven. There is a rhythm and sequence to being guided to the ultimate goal, which is love. Peter tells us to use every ounce of effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. Imagine that we can develop intelligence as we exercise our faith. Then he writes, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control. Develop steadfastness, patience, endurance, and in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety. Imagine that we can develop self-control, which helps develop a godly spirit. Last, he writes, and in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. We find ourselves somewhere in the sequence of Peter's words. It's interesting that there are stepping stones to love. So as we struggle with loving others, we can pray for the ability to love them and then refer back here to these steps knowing that one is built upon the other. 
We may slide backward during different seasons and for different reasons, but always remember that the ultimate goal is love. Let's see what Ezekiel is writing in chapter 7. The end of Judah and Israelites had come. God announces it over and over again in this chapter. In fact, he announces it no less than six times. He also tells them it is because of their pride, worship of idols, murders, and violence. For years, the Lord had told the Israelites they would be judged for their sins of idolatry and more. And now is when God's judgment passes on them, and he will not back down from it. The devastation will be severe for all of them. And the only people left standing would be feeble, and all knees shall be weak as water, according to verse 17. Even with all their idol worship through the years, you may still wonder why God let his people suffer so much. Three passages refer to God's need for his people to know and recognize who he is. They had departed from leaning on, relying on, and worshiping God. We've often read where kings led the people away from worshiping God. Every time they turned back to him, the Lord was merciful. But now their sins had overflowed past the size of the jar in God's judgment. He would bring about his judgment for all of their wrongdoings and the wrongdoings of their ancestors. Verses 19 and 20 stand out to me where God talks about their silver and gold being cast into the street. It will no longer be worth anything. Their money, which they worshipped, was not going to save them. In chapter 8, Ezekiel is visited by the elders of Judah in his home. He is held captive by the Babylonians, but has a home nonetheless. The hand of God was upon him, and he saw the Lord in a form that was fire from the waist down and bright gleaming bronze from the waist up. Then a hand, the Spirit of God, lifted him up between the earth and the heavens and showed him visions. He was shown Jerusalem in various states. The first vision he saw was at the entrance of the temple of God in Jerusalem. It was an idol or an image of jealousy. I read a commentary from Enduring Word that states, Hezekiah removed idolatry from Judah, but his son Manasseh restored it and made it worse than ever, even putting an idol into the temple. Manasseh's son Ammon continued the state-sponsored idolatry of his father. King Josiah cleansed Judah of idolatry and burned the idol Manasseh had put in the temple. Now we see that the idol in the temple was back. Well, in my Bible, the references to these happenings are in 2 Kings 16, verses 10 through 16, and chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. The verses Enduring Word uses are in the transcript of this podcast. I recommend going back and reading these verses to remind yourself why the Israelites in Judah are experiencing the judgment of God. Verse 4 says, And behold, there was the glory of God of Israel, who had loved and chosen them, like the vision I saw in the plain. This must have been a fantastic vision to see the glory of God. However, the following visions will not be as glorious. They are ugly and sinful. Ezekiel is going to see all the abominations of the Israelites and Judah. And God said, Therefore, I will deal in wrath. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. There are verses from Proverbs, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, and Zechariah mentioned here. Again, I recommend looking the verses up and reading them for two reasons. One, to remind us of the sins committed and judged by God. And two, to check our hearts and make sure we are not participating in any of these kinds of sins. It is easy to see the sin in someone else. It is easy to see the idols that the Israelites and Judah worshipped. It is more difficult to see it in ourselves. Anything we seek before and above seeking God is idolatry. Last year, I asked God to show me what I was putting before him, and it was surprising what I found. This is a great challenge to take on. 
And while we will always fall short, we can be exceedingly grateful that the blood of Jesus covers us. So there is no condemnation here, just an opportunity to come up higher in our walk with God. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 129. This is another Psalm of Ascent, sung on the 10th step leading up to the temple. The people are singing about those who've enslaved the Israelites in the past. They sing about God's righteousness as he delivered them. The last verses give praise to God for vindicating them. Let us pray. O Lord, help us seek you with our whole hearts. May we be obedient to you in all we do. Bend our will to yours, Lord. May your grace be upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.